Welcome back to the Portfolio Podcast presented by YPO. We are here with Sudhir Agarwal, founder and CEO of Everrise. Now, you were saying earlier that the world was turned upside down, not only for you, but for everyone. And then let's talk about, uh, were you able to retain your, your workforce? So I'll answer you first. So what the pandemic has done in the two years that it was there, it's, you know, uh, it made technology advancement that would have probably taken seven to eight years. Mm. So the technologies that we now see in place, in my view, would have probably come in 2028, 2029. That's how fast, that's what the pandemic did. I mean, if they could make yep. a vaccine in a year. Rapid transition. Which, took, which normally takes eight to 10 years. I mean, that's what technology did. I mean, think about it. When would you use uh, home delivery services before? You would not. But yeah, now yeah. our lives are dependent upon it, right? Yeah. For certain things. So I think that's what the pandemic did. It, it, it really uh, has changed every single industry. Yeah. It has differentiated the great companies from the not so good companies. And you now see those not so good companies struggling. As far as our workforce goes, right? I mean, we were just not able to retain them. We've grown them. We have the highest Glassdoor rating. Again, this is not, this is the entire team's credit in the industry by far. Okay. Our overall rating is at 4.7. And we are a very small player in this space. I mean, you have many, many big players, right? Hmm. But the advantage of being of a size that we are, I mean, you know, we can act fast. You know, we are, yeah. you know, we, we move really fast. Decision making is, uh, we give a lot of auto autonomy to our leaders, uh, a lot of freedom. Uh, and, and that's the culture that we have in our company. Mm. It's really that every leader is an entrepreneur and you run it like it's your company. And, and you know, so far it's been great for us. I was going to that. I want to understand the culture that made you receptive to change and, and very agile in implementing changes. What does Everise have? And, and, and how is the structure supporting this kind of culture? You can't create a culture and make it work just because an event happened. In this case, the pandemic. So but, you're suggesting that it, it, it was there as you were building it up. So the culture, the culture makes a company thrive, succeed or fail. Mm -hmm. in moments of truth. I call the pandemic an episode. Will it be the last one? Maybe not this one, but something else might happen, yeah. right? It's the culture of the company that gets the people all together to collaborate and say, okay, we can deal with this. I mean, we had teams, I remember, uh, where we would be on calls, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Why? Because it was 5 p.m. in the U.S. And no one would complain because that's our job. Okay, that's the culture. The culture is this is just not my and my investors' company. It's all the leaders' company. And people believe that. Our referral rate, just as a point, is probably one of the highest in the industry. 50% of people that we recruit mm. are actually referrals from our existing employees. I see. How was recruitment? I, I just want to understand 
what were you looking for? How did you do the process of recruiting people? Because, uh, well, the pandemic has changed a lot of things. People who were probably like me, senior, more senior, would be able to go back to to work, or people who are disabled, for example, will be able to join the workforce. Did this happen to 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 you when you were recruiting? So see, I think I, we had to again, like I spoke about technology, like I spoke about operations, training. Uh, we also had to change our mindset and methodology when it came to recruitment. Okay. We had to put new processes in place. We had to ensure that we could hire a person from the safety and the comfort of their workplace, of their home place, sorry. Mm. That while they're sitting at home, we can still, without compromising on our compliance, on our clients' needs and our needs. That's very important. We did not lower our standards yes. or just because on the excuse of the pandemic. We didn't do that. Uh, in fact, if anything, we increased our standards, right? Uh, for example, if there was a, any red flag when we did a background check, we wouldn't hire them, you know? Uh, uh, so, so that's what we did. And what it also did, where what the pandemic did is it opened up a whole new pool of talent, which we were not looking at pre-pandemic. Mm. And, and, I, and, and I really say, you know, I, I take blame for that because that pool was already there and always there, but I never looked mm. at that pool. So what do I mean by this alternate pool? I mean, elderly people, okay, just, they still want to work. They're very active and we're in healthcare. Uh, and capable. And capable. So why were we not looking at them before? Mm. Okay. And today they are a very large part of our workforce. Uh, uh, single moms mm. or, 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 or single mothers or, or people who want to work but can't leave their home yeah. for genuine reasons. Yeah. Why would the, why would you not create employment for them? Again, uh, maybe I was closed before, but now we hire many of those all over the world. Uh, people with disabilities. Yes. You know, they still have an active mind. You know, they can still work. Mm -hmm. Just because they cannot come to work, exactly. that doesn't mean you should exclude from them. So now... With a lot of governments, and even in a even in a place like Singapore now, we're trying to create a lot of employment over the next 12 to 18 months of hiring those people mm. and telling them, you don't need to come to work. Maybe we'll get you to work once a month for training, to meet the people. But mm. other than that, work from home. And isn't that amazing? Which is ideal in their Which situation. Which is ideal. But that's ideal overall. By the way, we have seen performance not suffer during the pandemic. Mm. Once we got everything right. I was going to, to to ask you that. How was the performance of these people? Some of them might be returning to the workforce after several months or years of not being active. Were they able to pick up and uh, get up to speed? So anything, uh, good question, Mark. I think anything new that happens, you will always first see a dip and then it'll pick back up. Mm. The first few months were challenging as expected. But after that, we saw the productivity of people increase. Our attrition were at all time low. So people were happy working from That's home. That's very good to hear. Productivity was very, very high. Obviously, we had to intervene on going back to that point of work-life balance on how to switch off, when to switch on. But once we were able to get that formula correct, people started performing. And even performing better than they were before they were in our experience centers. 
by the way even now i firmly believe that the new norm is going to be at least for us i can't talk about anyone else 50% of our workforce will work from home and 50% will work from our sec- uh, experience centers mm-hmm. and you might keep changing so you might say okay you know what one the month ratio from will home change yeah but i think that will be the percentage mm. some will will be working from home and some will be reporting to 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 the work side now let, let let's look at the other side What makes working from home successful? Say, from the point of view of your employees, what do you think helps them? I'll go back to the example of, uh, let's take an example of Manila first as a city. Okay. Right? Oh, I don't want to single out Manila, but we can even take India. We don't have much in India, but in these countries. Okay, let's talk about Manila. How big is your presence in in Manila right now? We're about five, five, oh, just over five thousand people. Okay. Yeah. They don't stay in Manila. You know, when people people who haven't been to Philippines don't understand that Manila is huge. Yes. Our office is in is in is in Fort, which is uh, Bonifacio, which is in the heart of Manila. But our employees, on an average, because I did this study, so I know, spend an hour twenty minutes one way to work. You've now given them two and a half hours of their life back to them. That's correct let's start with that so you've given that back to them because when they are yeah, home yeah, yeah. they can be productive in 10 to 15 instead minutes instead of traveling instead of commuting and isn't that a waste of time i yeah. mean you know so that's that's the first thing the, the the second thing is once you've created the environment from them in their work in their uh, home where they can work <laughs> which has given them the right infrastructure so given them the right laptop or the computer the right headset the right uh, in certain cases or you know you know you know we gave them soundproofing uh, you know papers like this which they could soundproof their rooms again it was all different gave them the connectivity mm. okay once we and then with the use of technology because the technology also during the pandemic kept evolving yes which we then you know gave to our employees so if they have an issue how to escalate make sure there are people ready to help them okay so once we had that whole ecosystem going they started thriving and i think but i will only say again i'll go back to my first point the number one suggestion of mine for you to be effective from work at home is balance your work and your personal life mhm because if you don't do that it will create havoc Mm-hmm. irrespective of how junior you are or how senior you are that's irrelevant i imagine that you're constantly reminding them look there is a time for work and there is a time for you know a, a me time and make sure you balance we switch them off and the shift ends and said now you come back <laughs> i mean sometimes you literally just have to do that say okay done yeah. you're done okay yeah don't worry <laughs> and they'll say no you say it's okay because if you don't do that balance it will start affecting you you know and you know uh, we saw one topic that we didn't talk about in the whole pandemic of working from home uh uh is you saw burnout yeah. in a very very big way that led to other mental health issues mm-hmm. and when does burnout happen burnout happens when you are new at something and you love it mm. 
Yeah. And then you start you start by saying, "Wow, I love this." Instead of eight hours, I'm going to do it for fifteen hours. So you just rejoin the workforce. You're full of energy, and you say, "I'm supposed to do it for eight hours, but I think I can go on doing it." You know, for I saved two hours going to work and coming back from work. So you know what? Why not work for twelve hours? Why don't I return the two hours to 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 work? Work? No, yeah, yeah. that balance is very important. Yeah, and also when you lose the distinction between this is work time and this is personal time then you know you lose track of time and, and and therefore the balance and that's our job to ensure that we we keep communicating and keep encouraging people mm. to take time off to take their leaves so we we made some harsh decisions you cannot carry forward your leaves finish <laughs> use it up yeah we say you have to use your leaves in the year We we want you to leave, yeah. use your leaves in the year, because what happens is in a lot of companies people carry forward leaves, but there's a reason why the word leaves it's called leave because because you need that time. Now let's look at how you're monitoring and assessing the the efficacy of this uh, new system that you you set in place. Let's first look at your productivity. So the way so. The only way, when you have such a distributed work, global workforce, you have to start, and we did this again five years before, but you have to start having central command centers. And the example I'll give that to you is that of an ATC, of an air traffic control, right? So Singapore only has one ATC at the Changi Airport, right? Uh, obviously, there's the other airport, other side, all, but mainly let's talk about Changi. They don't just monitor all the planes that are landing and taking off from Changi, but they also monitor all the planes in the Singapore airspace that's going between countries. So we have similar ATCs for all functions, all centralized in Philippines and some in Malaysia. So IT technology, because you need support, is centralized. HR is centralized. Training is centralized. So that's how you then start ensuring that your productivity doesn't suffer. Okay. So because when you are sitting in an office, you have a team leader or a manager who's responsible for 20 to 50 people. So if someone makes a mistake, they just pull up the hand, and the manager goes to them. Like you go to a restaurant, and if you're not happy with your server, you ask for the manager. But now you're in a virtual world. What do you do? So you have to have that manager ready uh, 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 on their computer to to get in. So these are live video calls there where the manager is monitoring. Think about a manager now instead of having seeing fifty physical people, they have fifty icons uh, on their computer and they are just monitoring people. So yeah, it's it's and again, it's pretty fascinating what technology has enabled. This podcast series is a collaboration between Portfolio and Young Presidents Organization, or YPO, a global leadership community of chief executives, which counts more than 30,000 members from 142 countries. For over 70 years, YPO built a trusted community where chief executives connect to solve both personal and professional problems together. The world needs better leaders. Become one at YPO.
Now, uh, we're on the last leg of, of our interview. Let's talk about your future plans. What have we learned from the pandemic and this experience? And what of these uh, important lessons are you going to bring forward, maybe improve on, but really turn it into a kind of like part of the system? So the biggest learning that we've had from the pandemic, which we are already doing, for example, this year, in fact, I'm going in, uh, in, a, in a few weeks to be launching a new center in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Okay. And right from our start, our model there is 50% people will work from home, 50% will work from office. Okay. So Based, we, of course, on, on what we, you what have we spoke about. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, uh, we now no longer limit ourselves to the province or the city that we are in for recruitment and training. So, for example, in the U.S., you know, we now hire people in every state. It doesn't matter. Earlier, we would only hire people in places where we had our centers. Okay, so now we've taken it you know, across the board. And the third and the most important point is hiring our alternate workforce, which is what I spoke about. And so these are really the three things that we're doing. So, you know, I, I probably think, you know, by the end of next year, we'll probably announce opening another center somewhere in the, in the world. So I think a time to open a location mm. has shrunk tremendously. Reminds me of okay. the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, right? It's like earlier what would take 18 to 24 months because opening a center is a lot. Now yeah. it takes us four to five months. So you can scale the business, scale uh, the business much and rapidly and Rapidly, effectively, effectively and efficiently. Mm. Now, you share with me, what are we going to expect from Everise, say, in, in the short term? Listen, I think... What, what surprise are you going to... I don't know if, I don't know if this is going to be... Our priority remains... We want to keep growing. Uh, you know, we've been very fortunate enough, thanks to our clients and our partners who believe in us, uh, uh, that they keep growing with us, we onboarding, keep onboarding new clients and new logos. So that has a couple of effects. Number one, it ensures that we grow our top line. Mm-hmm. Secondly, most important, you know, at the end of the day, this is business and you do business for money. So, so with more scale, we also keep ensuring that we get more profitable. And once we make more profits, we are able to plow that invest back into as investments. And then the last and the most important point is just create more and more jobs. Because when you keep growing, you keep seeing uh, uh, creating more employment. But the other thing that we did not touch on, and maybe it's a separate topic by itself, is our investment over the last two and a half years in digital transformation. Okay, because I think that's a really big thing that the pandemic has also taught us. Okay. Which is a lot of work. So which, briefly, tell me about this. So, so you know, again, people use very fancy words like AI and all that stuff. But for me, digital transformation is really, to put it in simple words, I remember when I was back in my college MBA days, if I had to know what was my bank balance, I, I had to do either of two things. Which are? Number one, I had to go to an ATM machine, yes. put in my ATM. And do a, a, a and check. Go a check. Or a balance check. I, I would have to call a number, mm. wait for 15 minutes just to find my balance. Correct. 
Now it's at a click of a button. So what is digital transformation? Is a lot of processes that we do for our clients. What can be automated so that we can use the human being and the human brain for problem solving and doing things and focusing on the actual client problems mm. rather than the mundane day-to-day -day of the data process that really is not needed. Okay. So when you call an airline company, I'm going to take any names, and when the when you first you I don't know if you know what an IVR is, but that's the when you call and there's a bot talking to you, okay, yes. and says please enter your frequent flyer number. Yeah, Please enter some identification. identification number, blah, blah, blah. Once they've done that, then they transfer you to a person and the person asks you the exact same questions again. Yeah, read out Why? to me your identification. Why? Doesn't need yeah, to. Yeah. Right, so anyway. This is going to be another conversation. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be interesting because I already have some questions related to that. Sudhir Agarwal, founder and CEO Everice, thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure. Thank you. This has been the Portfolio Podcast presented by YPO, Young Presidents Organization. Join our community of more than 30,000 leaders and don't miss out on the life-changing experience of YPO membership. To learn more, visit ypo.org.